Well, as always, on our Monday's Expert Chat, uh, we get to find out a little bit about the story behind the name. It's only a half an hour segment, this segment, and I'm tipping we probably could spend four hours talking to our guest today. He is uh, a legend up there in the Hunter, and he's very well known in country racing and also, for that fact, racing across New South Wales. His name is Gary Harley. He works for Sky Sports Radio. Before that, 2KY, and of course, you can catch him on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Gary, welcome to Monday's Experts, mate. Fantastic, mate. We're going to talk about your life here in this next half an hour. And as I said at the start, I think we need more than half an hour, but we'll try and do our best. We'll try and do our best. You've had an unbelievable life and career. I want to go back for our listeners. And look, our listeners would have heard discussions you'd had, uh, you know, with podcasts and whatnot, or or even with Cozzy uh, back with Chinwags. But for those listeners that haven't heard your story. Um, you grew up in Maitland, and your old man Jack, now he was just an absolute racing tragic, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Um, I was born at Maitland Hospital, and uh, my father, Jack, he was a Frankston boy, you know, just up the road in the Hutter. Went to the war, came back um, at the end of 44, 45, and uh, we moved in with his mother, who his father passed away early. She lived at on the western suburbs of Maitland, and that's where I lived, mate. I got married when I was 23, but um, look, we never had a car. We were only a very moderate family. He come back from the war, and he couldn't get a job for a long time. Then he worked in a coal mine, and then he worked on the parks and gardens at Maitland Council and that, but wonderful man, and so was my mother. We had a terrific upbringing, me and my sister and my other brother. Anyway, he was a mad, mad racing man. Two codes mainly, the gallops and the harness racing. But his sister was an outstanding greyhound trainer. She lived down halfway between Maitland and, and Newcastle. So we didn't have a car. The first car the family had, he bought one for me when I turned 17 and got my licence so I could drive him around. He never had a licence at that stage. He got one later. So Friday night, non-tab of course. Friday night from the age I was about 10. We catch the train, uh, the station down at Maitland, we get a taxi down 10 minutes away to the railway station, get the train to Hamilton Station in Newcastle, walk a mile or two to the harness racing, or the trots as we called it, have the night there, go back, catch the 11 o'clock train home to Maitland, uh, get back to the house around about midnight, and then the Saturday, Saturday night, was always Maitland trot. So Newcastle Friday night, Maitland Saturday, we get a taxi down, or some friends that we knew that he knew we'd get a, a ride down, go to the trot. So, mate, I, I was in the trots in the greyhounds, uh, you mm. know, going to race meetings with family and friends from the time I was about 10. As far as the gallops are concerned, I walked into Newcastle Racecourse for the first time when I was 12 year old, 60 years ago. One of mum's brothers was a bookmaker there in, uh, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s. Uh, at uh, Newcastle Racecourse, but I took a great liking to all three codes, you know, from the time I was very, 
very young, Dave. Mate, where did your old man get the bug from? If he was mad for it, was it in the know. family or? Mate, no, uh, his brother was a track work rider. Uh, yeah. You're not going to believe this, but my father's only a little bloke, and Mum, Mum wouldn't have weighed any more than about fifty-three kilos. Wow. I mean, I got my size, and uh, I'm only a short bloke, but very, very fat, as you know. <laughs> but I got my uh, size from Mum's brother. He had two or three brothers, you know, big fellas or couple of them and well over six foot. Uh, but the old man was only a little fella. But, mate, I don't you know, like a lot of those people that fought in the war, uh, particularly yeah. the men, you know, they loved to the punt. They played two up overseas, uh, you know, in the war days and things like that. And, you know, he had, his father died young. He was bitten by a snake up there at Rankston, so he never got it off him. And the mother was an English lady who'd come out on the boat. And she knew naught about any racing. But mum's brothers, there was uh, three, four of them, mate, they were racing mad. Mm. And um, the old man, he, he was very close to them all. Of course, we only lived 100 yards away. So, uh, you know, he, he just he just had the bug. I mean, from the time I was 10 or 12 year old, I was running his bets up to the local SP bookmaker about 100 yards up the road. You know, on a Saturday afternoon. In those days, you only raced Wednesday and Saturday mainly, you know, back in the late 50s. And that. But, um, yeah, he, he just loved it. He used to catch a train to Ramwick. He is day 1948. He, not long before he died, he was 90 of when he died. He, he could ride out every bet he had at Ramwick in 1948 uh, wow. on New Year's Day. Wow, he's like me. Uh, I don't think he did much at school, but he was a brilliant mathematician, and um, you know, he's very smart with bookwork and things like that. Alright, so that's the racing side of things done. Obviously you were exposed to it, and you fell in love with it from a young age, but what about the the broadcasting side? So I know that you went to where the Morris Brothers up there in Maitland, and um, I was listening to one of the podcasts you did with Johnny Tapp, and you spoke about how you did a phantom call all the yeah. time. Is it, did you always want to be behind the mic? Were you? Were you? Did you love like public speaking? Yeah, I've always been a public speaker. I mean, I've done thousands of MC jobs and guest speaking of that, whether it be racing or uh, rugby league or cricket, any of those that I'll, we'll talk about later. But um, look, Johnny McDermott was my mentor, the late John McDermott. He died 12 months ago, a great friend of all of us. Race callers, not only up here, but he was best friends with Ian Craig, Johnny Tapp, and Ray Conroy, and all those folks. But uh, Macca worked on a maker's car, driving the horse after he left school in Newcastle in one of the suburbs. Anyway, he got the job as commentator, non tab in those days at Singleton Greyhound. And he married a girl, Susan, who lived up near Singleton. And they were connected with Greyhound too. So I used to broadcast, you know muck around at home and me uncles used to get me to broadcast races and a good friend up the road, he was a, a great greyhound man, Harold Cook, you know, they said, you know, they had me doing these like phantom and mock calls at home from the time I was about 10 year old, you know, 8 or 10 year old. Anyway, when I got to 15, I was playing rugby league in a really good team at mate, on under 16 and, um, and I was playing cricket. First, I played first grade cricket in Maitland from the time I was 15. So 
Tickleton Dogs were on on a Saturday night, and we always play the footy on the Sunday. And we play the cricket on the Saturday in that season. So if it was the cricket season, I'd play cricket, get picked up at 6 o'clock, straight to Tickleton Dogs on the Saturday night. If it was the races, uh, sorry, if it was the rugby league, same thing. Get home, then we go to Tickleton Dogs. So I got very friendly with Johnny Mack. My family were friendly with him. And he said, what did you want to do at a race call? I said, yeah, I wouldn't mind. He said, well, look, I'll let you do one race each week. We were non-tab, so if you bugged up the race, it didn't matter that much. And um, he give, got me to do one, you know, each each Saturday night. Yeah. And he said to me, mate, you're going good. He said, I'm going on holidays in three weeks. You want to do the, you know, the four meetings, the whole program? And I said, yeah, I'll do it. So that's where I really kicked off doing yeah. it. But what I used to do, if we were playing footy on the Sunday, which we always were in those days, I'd do the dog Saturday night and then go home, have a sleep and get to the footy on and play on the Sunday somewhere around, you know, Maitland, Cessnock, Curry. Uh, that was our competition. So I was there for a while and then Macca got in and he was still doing single, but we both were working for Radio Station 2HD in Newcastle, and 2KY owned Racing uh, 2HD. And we were taking Ian Craig and, you know, all those callers from there, Johnny, um, Ray Conroy and people like that. And up here, Matt, I was the caller. And I did the calls when he went on the holidays. I got crook, whether it was the Gallops at Broadmeadow at Newcastle or the Dogs or the Trot. So... Um, I got into that, I think, when I was about 17 uh, on the radio. And Mac had got the job, do, job doing all the trots, Newcastle, Sestock, Musselbrook, Maitland and all that. And I followed it in, you know, as I said, when he was crook or on holiday. So, I mean, we were the best of friends, man, Mac. I had no better friends than him. And, wife, and the kids as well. So, we, we put it along there. And I progressed in the footy to play uh, with mate I'm in the Newcastle comp played a few first grade games and a few, quite a few years later both my sons played first grade with mate look Troy and Todd so I got married at 23 and I retired from footy and cricket but in the meantime I was vice captain of the Newcastle under 16 cricket side in the Sydney competition in the Watson Shield Played against Kerry O'Keefe, Jeff Thompson. I, played, I opened the batting, and I was a first-change bowler. We had a very good team. Uh, the Maitland team in the Newcastle compact year, we went through undefeated. So I said I was given an option. My father was the greatest bloke. He never, ever gave advice on your career or anything. He, he let you do what you like. In fact, he was too soft, far too soft. Anyway... I said, I'm retiring from all sport. Um, I am was given the option of working for the Newcastle Jockey Club, uh, not full-time, but doing a hell of a lot of work. It was more than 40 hours a week. And I was doing the race calling and the greyhound calling. So I stopped the sport and I did that. that. I was the greyhound rider for the Newcastle Herald from 1980 when one of our great callers on this station, the late Billy Hill, he retired and then he passed away about six months later. So I was 
took his spot as the greyhound caller on a lot of the tracks, and I also wrote uh, as a journalist for the Newcastle Herald uh, on the greyhound, and I was heavily connected with the Gallop through the Newcastle Jockey Club because I was working for them, and I was their stand-in race corps. But if you just go back to when I finished the sporting career, in 1964, I was the Maitland Junior Sportsman of the Year through the cricket, where I was vice-captain of Newcastle, through the rugby league, uh, where I was only 16, but I was in a, probably the best under-16 league team in the state. And the other thing was, which a lot of people don't know, and Gavin Carmody laughs about, I, was, I won a country uh, junior table tennis title at Mittagong. Down there what? in the snow country. Yeah, I was a very, well, I'm not going to skate, but I was rated in the top five under 16 table tennis players in the state when I was 16, yeah. People don't, I don't talk a lot about it, about <laughs> uh, any of those people. When I tell them they think it's a big joke, they all burst out laughing. <laughs> but it is, it is true, and that's how I got the, uh, Junior Sportsman of the Year in Maitland. In Maitland's got 100,000 people. It's, you know, next to Newcastle, it's, it's the biggest town up here yeah. uh, by far. And um, a big sporting town. At the Morris Brothers. Uh, I was only taught by brothers, no late uh, That school at Maitland's got enormous uh, history. Max Lees went there. The other great trainer, Ray Wallace, went to school there. Matthew Johns, Andrew Johns. Mark Hughes, Billy Feeden, um, blokes like Andrew Gibbons, Dylan Gibbons, you know, they all went to Maitland Murray. It was the only boys' high school, Catholic boys' high school. Uh, boys from Cessnock had to come there. That's why the Johnsons went there. The closest one was Newcastle and Singleton in the other direction. So you've got so many kids, men, who are males. There was no females there when I was there. There is now. And uh, it was a great sporting school. And those brothers, what they taught me about cricket and football, I would never have learned anywhere else. So obviously you do, you had your, your you know, finger in plenty of pies and you were doing a lot of stuff for multiple codes. Were, yeah. they, were they paid gigs or were you doing that out of love and were you well, having no, other jobs? Or? No, mate, they were all paid gigs. Yeah, okay. In 19, I was 15 when I walked out of the Morris Brothers. I was captain of the first grade cricket side, and uh, I was in the. I was in weight divisions, and I was. We had first grade rugby league, and we had nine stone seven. You have to be nine stone seven or less. I was in the nine stone seven, uh, and I left. I had the brother, I had brother, wrote a letter to me, old man, and said, "We want him back." I know why he wanted me back. He wanted me. The Morris brothers' sport came before the education. Don't worry. In those days, and they wanted me to play sports. I said to the old man, listen, you've been going to work. I said, I've only been going to school the last couple of months on Wednesday for sport. I said, I'm not going back. So I got a job over the road from the school in the rural bank, 1964, and I worked in the rural bank till 1980. I was an accountant when I left. I worked at Maitland in the main street in Newcastle. Um, I worked at Cessnock, Musselbrook, Singleton. And I went to Mwollombar to play football uh, and work in the bank. And I was the race caller, the gallop caller at Mwollombar from 1974 to 1976. The chairman, Bernie Quinn, is still 
the chairman there. He's been there over 40 years, a great bloke. So I went up there, I coached a really good under-16 team. One of them went on to play for Australia when he was later, Ross, later on, Ross Conlon. Ross Conlon. And we loved it up there. We were there two years. And Sue's brother got killed in an accident at Singleton. He was only 17. Anyway, she was sort of half wanting to come home, but we hadn't done nothing. And I get a call from Ray Warren, and Rabbits was a friend that I'd known. And uh, he said, mate, you don't want to come home, do you? I said, why? What's wrong? He said, you're not going to believe this, but he was working for 2GB, him and Tap. He said, we've won the right um, from the Tap and, you know, the racing organisation to be uh, the caller of all three codes. We've won the rights of 2KY. He said, we want you to do the job up there. I said, well, what about the rural bank? No, no, he said, I've got your transfer. Now, it was impossible to get a transfer if they didn't want you to go. But Rabbits, he had the influence. He got oh, the transfer. And yeah, we good. went to Singleton for two years. So this is what my program was. Worked in the rural bank Monday till Friday. Started at 9, finished at 4.30. Monday night, drive to Sethnock. Half an hour away to do Sethnock golf. Tuesday night, drive to Gosford. This is after work in the bank. An hour and a half to do Gosford Dogs. Wednesday night, Maitland Dogs, just over half an hour. Thursday night, not every Thursday, but a number of them, Newcastle Greyhound. Friday night, home ground, Singleton Greyhound. Saturday, I either did the Gallops at Newcastle or the Dogs. They had alternative Saturdays. And on the Saturday night, after the Dogs or Gallops, I had to go and call the truck at Maitland or at Newcastle. Now, that was the working week. How did you do it, mate? And and how did you do it? And obviously, obviously, Sue needs a medal, mate, because you were bloody never home. Well, she ran the two boys. She did a good job. They they were both first-class cricketers and league players, but she didn't have a lot to do with that. But she she used to score for the cricket when I had to go to Beaumont Park to call the dogs or something on a Saturday. I was always there. Not always, but a number of years I was their coach as they yeah. come through the under sevens, under eight, under tens and that. Sue would be the scorer. And at the footy, she was she led the cheer squad. She'd be <laughs> yelling out, you know, so was the old man, you know, for the kids uh, when they started playing. But no, that was how it was. Troy was born uh, in Maitland. Todd, the youngest bloke, he was uh, born at the Martyr in Newcastle. We were living in Singleton then. I'll tell you a story about that. Sue said, look, I'm getting close to having this second baby. You make sure that bloody car's full every night before we go to bed, <laughs> full of petrol. You wouldn't want to know the night that she wanted to have the baby, there was no petrol in the car. <laughs> so it was 2 o'clock in the morning. I flew up onto the hill at Singleton. There's a garage there. Filled it up at 100 mile an hour, rushed back, put her and Troy in the car. Headed to Maitland, uh, dropped Troy off at Sue's mother's, and we went to Newcastle to the martyr, and she had the baby. Fantastic. So, it was nearly you, a divorce at that stage. You have been known. I've seen you in action. You can put the foot down if you need to. Uh, you've, uh, I'm not proud of it. I don't drink, <laughs> which is the only decent thing I don't do. I don't drink, so I've never been a DUI man. But I've been caught speeding a Quite a few times. <laughs> what about what, what about the punt? Because it's always been around you. Was your old man a good punter? 
Yeah, look, in those days when, you know, 50 quid was 50 quid, and he, mm. he was a good a good partner. I mean, just at a guess, 50 quid of the 50 is probably a couple of thousand bucks now, thousand or a couple, you know, yeah. as the, the money went up. But, yeah, he was a good partner, a very good form student. He, uh, he lost plenty of times like everyone else. Didn't have a temper. Um, hasn't got a temper like I didn't have early, but I have now as I'm getting old. <laughs> but he was very casual sort of bloke. So if he had a day where he never backed a winner, you know, he never got dirty or anything like that. He was he was okay. But, um, yeah, good putter, real good horseman, and the trot. Love the trot. Mm. I had two uncles, Graham trainers, one auntie a Graham trainer. One uncle, a bookmaker. Uh, they were all on mum's side, and the auntie was on dad's side. What about yourself as a putter, mate? I mean, I know that even... Yeah, look, I, I was only a putter, mate. Um, I was... When I was at school, you know, you are having your... Whatever it was, whatever currency it was back then, very small bet. Um, when I... Look, I'll be honest. I couldn't afford to be busted. Mm. Uh, I mean, we were getting paid, but we weren't on big wages. When I was in the Willembar, after I paid the rent, the bank took the, the money out, uh, and your medical and that come out. Now, if you're not going to believe this, in the early 70s, I was clearing $95 a fortnight. Uh, $95 a week. You know, wow. to live on back in the 70s. And we did it tough, and, and um, Sue always worked. Uh, she worked at a school at Burring Bar up there below the mountain in the Willembar. And then she was a paymistress at the Maitland Council's abattoirs before we got married. She always worked until late years when she's been very sick. And that, you know, that kept us going. But, you know, places like the NJC were very, very generous uh, to, towards me. And we always got paid, like, for those race meets. CGB were very good. Barry Unsworth, the former Premier, who owned, uh, he was the general manager at one stage of um, 2KY2 and our station up there, the associate station, 2AC. Well, he was the manager. Tell you what a good bloke he was. He rang me one day. He said, Gary, you're getting underpaid. He'd only just taken over. And I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, that Newcastle dog's on a Saturday. You're getting underpaid. I want you to double it next invoice you send me. And he was a very close friend of the Radley family too, Greg and uh, and Terry, Greg's father. Um, yeah, he he, he doubled me pay. But uh, these days, Dave, I work. I do a lot of work for the Newcastle Jockey Club. Write previews, uh, MC jobs, presentations, see sponsors, all that sort of thing. Uh, Gosford Race Club, I do um, previews and that for them. Wyong Race Club, the same thing. Uh, they're the three clubs that, you know, I do extra work for. But um, I also help out at other clubs like writing three-line stuff for the girls in the office to put on Twitter after a race at Scone or somewhere like that. You know, mm. we just help along with that that type of thing. But, um, yeah, look, it's been a, you know, a, a good career. I've loved every minute of it because we just love racing. Dave, yeah. Troy, my oldest son, he's in Bendigo, 
Um, he worked for Racing New South Wales, and he worked at the Newcastle Jockey Club, and he was on Catching Pet on Sky. Uh, he was at the Bendigo uh, Greyhound Club, he was, for the last 10 years or so. Well, he has now just take, uh, been offered and taken the job as Chief Executive of Greyhound Racing Clubs Australia. So that's an association with every Greyhound club in Australia as a member. Troy's now the chief executive of that. And he also, uh, you can streamline all the cup finals of the Greyhound clubs all around Victoria. He runs that. He hosts it like Gavin and I do on Sky Racing. And he has other guests with him and a cameraman. He does that. The other bloke, he's uh, in a mine in Darwin. He's a very, very good footballer. Um, and just like uh, Troy was. And both played, as I said, first grade here. They were represented. And they're both first grade cricketers. But we don't see them a great deal now. They've got their own lives to live. But, you know, they're in the state. Uh, they come up every couple of years, each of them different times for Christmas or something else. But uh, it's a very, very close family. Very, very, yeah. very close. Mate, Greg what about? Well, I was going to say just before we get to Greg, what about? Um, I want to talk about Newcastle and the Knights because yeah. that famous call of yours, obviously, uh, when you were calling for the Newcastle radio station, you went off your tree as anybody would. Um, well, it, that's, that must have been that must be one of the best days of your life, bar obviously the birth of your children and when you met you know Sue, etc. That must have just been right up there with. You'll never forget that ever. No, well, halfway through the year, well, the rugby league, after I finished playing, um, we had a junior competition made them call the All-Age. Anyone over 18, you know, can play in that local club here. And we, uh, when I stopped playing footy, a couple for the local club, some friends of mine were still playing, and we said, look, can you come and call one of the games for us on the back of a truck? on the sideline. I said, yeah, that's So I went and called the game and did a couple others for him. Um, I thought, you know, this is too hard, uh, which it wasn't. Uh, so then 2HD in Newcastle, we had the right for the first 20 years or so of every night game. So we had a right, we had a caller, wasn't me. And then Ray Warren lost his job at Channel 10 in Sydney, and he didn't have a job for 12 months, so he did work, well, he did have a job, he was calling race, things like that, but he wasn't calling footy, and 2HD were an associate of KY, and he was doing a lot of work for them, so our boss flew to Sydney one day and met the bosses down there, and I don't know whether rabbits at the meet, and said, look, our call is defected to another station, we'd like to employ Ray Warren, call every night, home and away. So Rabbits took the job because he wasn't called at the time. So first game, he walks along to go up to the box. Terrible box it was in those days. Get to walk across a plate to get up there, right up in the sky. And he spots Robert Thompson and me sitting in a, an open-air box. Uh, Robert said, come into the footy, one of me mates has got a box. And, of course, Robert and me and Rabbits were all good friends from Gosford and Wyoming days when he was calling. Rabbit said, why aren't you doing some work on the, on the footy? And I said, well, no, it's asked. 
said, well, you'll be on the sideline from next game. So I was the sideline eye for Rabbits. He only lasted one year because he got the job at Channel 9. So mm. he did a year with us, went to Channel 9, and then they were looking for a caller up here at 2HD. So I was at the races one day on a Tuesday at Newcastle. And at, yeah, Newcastle. I wasn't working. And I get a call from the boss at HD. He said, look, you know the Pommies are playing tonight in Newcastle against the Knights. I said, yeah. He said, our caller from Sydney works at Parliament House and he can't do the game because Nick Bryan has just resigned. Premier. said, can you go and do it? And I said, yeah, no problem. So I went and called the game and I got the job and I was at 2HD for about 21 years and then uh, there was a blow-up there, not with me, uh, with the rights and uh, opposition station, 2KO. They got the rights, and it looked like I was out of the football. So then a few months later, this was in the summer, before the season started, uh, the boss from 2KO, which is now owned by that Triple M station, said, I want to see you. I didn't know him. He's a surfboard rider, really. So, and it was a music station, not a talkback station like ours. And I went over, he said, you want the job? And uh, we'd like to have you the job. We got Tony Butterfield as your assistant and Mark Randall on the side. I said, yeah, I know him well from the footy days. And uh, said, how much do you want? And I said, oh, mate, that's a bit too much. I said, well, that's all right. Pleased to meet you. Um, we'll uh, agree to disagree and I'm going. So I walked out the door, I said, go that door. He said, oh, hang on a minute, come back. And I said, yeah, what is it? He said, I'll give you what you want. I said, right, Al, it's a deal. He shook hands, and I was there for four or five years. Um, and then things got a bit harder. Uh, my eyes weren't the best, particularly even though the lights were good at the night games. Mm. And I well, that's enough, but... When I was calling there with those two blokes, Michael Hagan was another one who called with me. We went everywhere. We called one game at the Wacker in Perth, went to Auckland every year. We went to uh, Townsville. We went to Melbourne. So I was still calling the dogs. And I had to find a replacement in 1992 to of the Gold Coast. Greg Radley has been coming along doing a dog race with me and doing a, a trot and gallop race with Johnny Mack. And I said to Greg, look, I'm going to go to the Gold Coast. Do you want to call the meet? It's our biggest meet, $10,000 race. Yeah, I'll do it. So that was when Radley kicked off calling the Greyhounds at Beaumont Park. And wow. uh, his father was the truck rider, rider at the Newcastle Herald when I was the Greyhound rider. He's a very close friend. He's dad, Terry. It's extraordinary, mate. And then, and then obviously, you know, the way in which Newcastle has changed... I mean, it's always been a strong racing town, obviously, with the history of Max and the history of Schwarzier, and you can go back even before that. Um, what was that uh, good horse? Luskin Star from the Coalfields. I mean, there's always been a good horse in Newcastle, but just in your time and career, the way in which it's changed. I mean, like now we've got a million-dollar race at Newcastle, one of the best tracks in the country there. I mean, there's a lot going for the Hunter, isn't there? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's a great place to live. The Hunter. It's a great place to play sport and it is a great, great place for racing in all three codes. Some of the legends of all three racing codes 
come from the heart. See, people say to me, Newcastle, Newcastle. Well, I've never lived in Newcastle, Dave. I live oh, 40 minutes away, uh, up in the Hunter Valley at Rock and Bar between Maitland and Pickle. But you're always class, you know, by people who don't live around here as a Newcastle person. You know, I'm proud to be that. But racing at Newcastle on that big track, I mean, it was a sensational track from, you know, way back in the early 1900s. But the track got very tight here a few years back. Race in New South Wales gave them $11 million to build two tracks. Uh, and since this new track's been in, you can ask any of them, James McDonald, Tommy Berry, Tim Clark, they all say it's the best. And it is. And people that can train or go racing here, you know, they're very, very, very fortunate. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But he's the best horse I've seen in my time at Newcastle, Luskin Star. As a two-year-old, he was unbeatable. I mean, they say, I, I was away this, at this stage, but they say there was close to 20,000 there other day. I think it was the day he won the camera. Johnny Letts rode him, South Australian boy. Um, he was the toast of the town, like star. And when he ran in the Golden Sliver, um, he gazed travel services and took two buses. Bus coach loads down, and I hosted. And I watched the race in the broadcast box with Ian Craig. He's been a very close friend. A whole family, me, son Troy, uh, very close friend. And I watched the, the race there. But way back, uh, if you have a look at a, a record of a horse called Bofus, he was an absolute superstar, one of the best in Australia. Uh, and that's why. You know, they, they've got a race here now called the Bowman Race. But, mm. Yeah, it's it's a great place. But I love all the other clubs too that we work at. They're all got great people are there. And since Gavin Carmody's come to the guy, it's made a huge difference to me. He is the true professional. So Gavin, his brother wrote about 13 group one with us. Craig, Gavin worked in the stables at Ballina for three or four years as a youngster. Uh, he was Alan Jones' producer for 10 years on radio. I mean, he's got a tremendous resume. And then Alan said, well, you should go and see Sky Challenge. Now, a job, you'd be better suited there. And he's been there about 10 years. But on the radio, on the TV, he, he, you know, he's brilliant. And his knowledge is, is very good. And he lives up here now. So that's made a big difference to me. Because nine out of ten, he drives to the race. Gary, what about what you haven't uh, achieved or been uh, in terms of, you know, you've obviously been to a lot of places around Australia. You've achieved a lot in your life, probably more than you ever thought you'd achieve. Is there anything left to do for you? Do you want, is there something that you'd, you'd love to go and see? Have you per, per, part of the world, the country? Um, yes, probably. I mean, I've seen the old coast, the Barrier Reef, haven't been to the Northern Territory where my youngest son lives. Uh, Perth is a wonderful city, probably as good as I'd want to live in. Um, no, look, I'm not an overseas man, no. 
I mean, probably I would have loved to go to England and that. You know, I'd love to see a cricket test match at Ford. No doubt about that. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I'm just happy to potter along till the end and uh, live here in the Hutter. Keep going. I've got a, a young eight-year-old grandson who I know he's only young but looks like being a good footballer. He scored 40-odd tries last season in Darwin. I'd like to go and see him play. I see him on the video. And I've got two um, granddaughters, Troy's there in Bendigo. Uh, they both play cricket. They've got new pads, a new cricket pad. Um, Kayleen plays, she's 13. She plays AFL uh, down there in Melbourne. And, you know, to, to go and see those kids live would be, would be great for me. But apart from that, you know, it's... I'm just happy with what we're doing. Uh, going to the race meetings around the Hutter. Um, Dave, I've had a, a week or two back, I had three or four days where I had no race. I think we went off the head. Mm. I've got to have form in front of me and be doing it every day. Otherwise, I go to the pack. So as long as I'm healthy and Sky still wants me, I'll be I'll be going. Same there. I've got to ask about Grandfather Harley. How are you as a grandfather? Are you a spoiler? Do you spoil the youngsters? Oh, yeah, love the kids. The wife, she does even more. But yeah, love, definitely a spoiler. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they're such terrific kids too, the whole three of them. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the, the girls, they are really, really fun. Uh, one of them, the oldest one, Dave, I don't want to admit this, but she talks more than I do, daily. <laughs> and that's hard to beat. <laughs> that's hard to beat. Hey, but, and um, the other one, uh, the, <laughs> the other one, that Jessica, she's 10. She had a the other day in the competition cricket match. Fantastic. Like, I know they're short boundaries compared to the men, but she had a six. Mate, you're very, if, I love the family flavour. Gaz, because obviously you've yeah. come from that family environment with your parents and you did it tough and you've come through and, and now seeing your kids provide for their kids. and yeah, I love how you've just got him labelled as a good footballer, the youngster up there in Darwin. That's outstanding. You can, you've got a good eye. Yeah, he's got to be. He's, got big, <laughs> he's fast, he's got big legs and he's got a big backside. He is very strong and very hard to hit. That's outstanding. Before I let you go, too, mate, we could talk yeah. for hours. Before I let you go, um, behind every good bloke, there's an even better woman. And you touched on Sue before. How is she doing, mate? Is she doing better? Because I know she obviously had some health, had a bit of a health scare, and it knocked you about. You know, you you put on the big brave face, but it did knock you about. Yeah, no, she's she's not good at all. Um, Troy, my eldest son, just bought. Uh, the eldest daughter, Kayleen, up. He brought the younger daughter up last week just to have a day with her. Um, she had brain cancer probably six or seven years, a big operation in the uh, mother at Crow's Nest. And they've never got her totally right since. Terrible headaches, things like that. But no, she's not well, but she's tougher than any footballer yeah. I've played with her again. And uh, she's a big fighter and just lives for those grandkids and her own two kids. That's what she lives for. Yeah. Dave, I ever got into trouble once at the Marin Brothers. What did you do? 15. They taught me how to play cricket. We're playing in the net. And uh, about 50 yards away is the Bishop's house. 
and we're practicing and a bloke dropped one short. I pulled it over mid wicket, straight through the window of the bishop there. <laughs> so I get called in and uh, I knew I was, wasn't in trouble because the cricket coach was the bloke who had to talk to me, so there wasn't going to be any problem there. And he just said, look, I've got to wrap your man. And I said, oh, hang on a minute. You're teaching us to hit the ball after we play cricket. I put one over mid-wicket. It's a bishop's house by accident. You want to carpet me? Anyway, he said, get out the door. <laughs> I could imagine you giving it to him as well, mate. Sure. Um, as I said, I could have a chat to you for hours and hours and hours, mate. You'd have a million stories. Uh, I appreciate you coming on this morning. It's nice to just hear a, a few yarns, as I said, behind the name because uh, a lot of people might just hear you, hear your tips when you come on and talk about various meetings that you're doing with Gav on Sky Thoroughbred Central. But nice to hear those stories, mate. Pleasure to hear about your family too. And thanks for being on Monday's Experts, Gas. It's a pleasure, Dave. But, uh I couldn't do anything else but what I'm doing, and I wouldn't have wanted to do anything else but what I've done uh, through uh, life. But 2KY, 2HD, Sky, 2GB, they've always been a part of it. It's been great.